Good evening. It's great to be with you all again this evening. I hope you guys are staying cool uh, as this warm weather is kind of trekked in uh, finally. Uh, but it's great to be with you all tonight. If you are first time guest with us, thank you so much for joining us. And for all of you who hold the fort down and you're normally here, greetings to you as well. I just want to remind you all, if you didn't catch the broadcast on Sunday, that this Friday uh, coming up, we will not have Friday Night with Friends uh, or any broadcast for that matter. And so be sure to <clears throat> note that so that you're not sitting here waiting for a broadcast and nobody shows up. So you have a Friday evening free to do whatever it is you like. Don't forget, anything you need to know about us can be found at NewarkUPC.info. And there you can check us out and submit prayer requests and uh, you know, troll through our backlog of messages. Um, you can leave us your contact information. There's a myriad of things you can do there. So anything you need to know about us, NewarkUPC.info is the place to go. Well, we're continuing our series that um, actually today is technically the first day of our series, but Meg kind of kicked it off on Sunday talking about healthy change. And uh, we're going to continue in that theme uh, tonight. And so uh, I love Meg's message. It, it really hit how many different ways change can affect us. And again, we're looking at the healthy change. So we're looking at the positive side of change. Um, and something about change is always scary. Uh, just human nature. When we hear change, we kind of get all, you know, tight. Um, but change is necessary. And the Bible has tons of stories um, about change and, and things that started off uncomfortable and, and the good things that resulted from them. And so this evening, I want to talk to you a little while about change uh, as it relates to the to church structure and specifically change when it comes to culture. But let's pray and let's ask God to be in our midst. Jesus, Lord, we thank you for allowing us to gather together in your name. God, we ask that you would be in our midst tonight, Lord, that you would minister to us, Lord Jesus. We know that you have plans for your church, oh God. You have plans for those souls who have yet to become a part of, of your body, Lord Jesus. And God, we want to be in your will. Minister to us tonight, Lord. Help us, Lord Jesus. In Jesus' name. Amen? Amen. <clears throat> so change is absolutely um, one of the things we can count on. It always happens. Put my screen down a little bit so I won't be looking like a Martian up here. Sorry about that. Yeah, change always happens. And as the church, as Meg so vividly pointed out in her message last Sunday, we have to learn how to adjust and adapt. Yeah, the church has got to learn how to roll with the punches, as, as, as I would say. So even God, who does not change, changed his method of reaching us Um which is his ultimate goal, right? God's goal is to reach us. He wants to save us. Uh, uh, he changed his method, how he went about doing that. And, you know, we've got to do the same things. I know a lot of times we get uptight about that. We hear, we hear the word change in the church and we go, oh, you know, we think we're going to lose who we are. And that's not what we're talking about here. We're talking about, you know, adapting. And so, changing our methods and how we see things doesn't change who we are as the church. The same holy God who offers salvation to a specific people by means of the law is the same holy God who changed how all people can attain salvation and be in relationship with him. He stayed the same, but he changed the way he went about reaching for us. If we as the church are to follow his example, 
we must maintain who we are while adapting to those um, we, we want to reach that. Um, sorry, I lost my, my place here, right? We want to reach those who don't know him uh, so that they can experience the love of God. That means we must embrace diverse cultures so that we uh, can learn to value one another and respect one another within the body of Christ. The early church had to grapple with the same kind of thing. They had to make room for those who were ethnically and culturally different. So let's take a look at some of the things they faced and how they dealt with those things. Uh, then we'll talk about what that means for us today. So when the birth of the New Testament church happened, Jews who were insistent on their cultural practices, you know, dietary laws, uh, who could come into the synagogue, uh, who to associate with, etc., were in for a rude awakening. When the Holy Spirit was poured out on the Jews on the day of Pentecost, everything was hunky-dory, right? It was, just, it was a beautiful day. Acts 2 records what happened as a result of that. I'm going to start with verse 42. It says, all the believers devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to fellowship and to sharing in meals, including the Lord's Supper, and to prayer. A deep sense of awe came over all the believers. I'm sorry. A deep sense of awe came over them all. And the apostles performed many miraculous signs and wonders. And all the believers met together in one place and shared everything they had. They worshiped together at the temple each day. They met in homes for the Lord's Supper. And they shared their meals with great joy and generosity. All the while praising God and enjoying the goodwill of all the people. And each day, the Lord added to their fellowship those who were being saved. I want you to note that process again, being saved. So did you notice all the sharing going on, uh, all the spending time together, all the inclusion? Well, those warm and fuzzies changed, to harking back to, the, uh, to our series tonight, when those from other cultures entered the scene. So let's, let's see what happened a little while later. That was what was happening among the Jews who had gathered for Pentecost. So let's go to Acts 6. I'm going to pick up at verse, at verse 1. It says, but as the believers rapidly multiplied, there were rumblings of discontent. The Greek-speaking believers complained about the Hebrew-speaking believers, saying that their widows are being discriminated against in the daily distribution of food. So the 12 apostles, I'm sorry, so the 12 called a meeting of all believers. They said, we apostles should spend our time teaching the word of God, not running a food program. And so brothers, select seven men who are well respected and are full of the spirit of wisdom. We will give them this responsibility. Then we apostles can spend our time in prayer and teaching the word. Everyone liked the idea and they chose the following, Stephen, a man full of faith and the Holy Spirit, Philip, Procurus, Nicanor, Timon, uh, Parmenius, Nicholas of Antioch, an earlier convert to Jewish faith. These seven were presented to the apostles who prayed for them as they laid their hands on them. So they laid their hands and they, they blessed these folks who were now sort of commissioned for the, with this responsibility. So God's message continued to spread. Their numbers the numbers of believers greatly increased in Jerusalem 
and many of the Jewish priests were converted too. So you see, when they made adjustments, when they made room for all, God, God bless. So from this issue, this issue of uh, one set of believers being discriminated against, at least that's where they felt uh, over the others. From this issue, um, we can gather that whoever was responsible for administrating this daily distribution of food to the widows, they held Hebrew-speaking widows in higher regard than the Greek-speaking widows. We can kind of ascertain that from what's happening there, whether that was one person or a group of people, whoever, whoever was responsible, they had a bit of a bias there. Something was going on. Maybe they were Hebrew-speaking. It's second nature to favor those who are like us. Anybody know what I'm talking about? Think about that. Sometimes we do it on purpose, but many times we do it unwittingly. We don't even realize it. We naturally gravitate to and prefer those who are familiar, that are more like us. And when this issue was brought to the team's attention, they had to change the way they were operating. Everyone in the community of believers is equally as important. And if they were going to uh, operate in the way that was pleasing to God, they had to acknowledge that and, and make room for all. So that incident was just the tip of the iceberg. That was uh, Jews from different cultures having to work things out. What happened when non-Jews, AKA Gentiles came into the church? In Acts 10, God orchestrates what I call a divine connection and brings a Jewish apostle into the home of a Gentile believer. Cornelius sends for Peter. This is a familiar story. Again, we've, we've heard a lot about Cornelius and Peter over the past few weeks, but Cornelius sends for Peter and Peter being led by the spirit accepts Cornelius's invitation. Peter putting God over his own cultural biases, preached the gospel to a whole new set of people than would have ever been possible had he insisted on his own preferences. That's right. If he'd have held true to what he believed or who he thought could have the Holy Spirit or not, he would have never had the opportunity to preach the gospel to these people. And my goodness, did God confirm that he was pleased. Let's see what happened since Peter took him up on this, uh, on this offer. Acts 44, uh, Acts 10, 44 records, even as Peter was saying these things, so Peter's preaching, the Holy Spirit fell upon all who were listening to the message. The Jewish believers who came with Peter were amazed that the gift of the Holy Spirit had been poured out on the Gentiles too. For they heard them speaking in other tongues and praising God. Then Peter asked, can anyone object to their being baptized now that they have received the Holy Spirit just as we did? So he gave orders to them to be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ. After Cornelius asked him to stay, I'm sorry, afterwards, Cornelius asked him to stay several days. So Peter took him up on it. So even though Peter did what was pleasing to God, right, that group of Jews that was with Peter, right, they were amazed. Oh, my goodness. Look at what God did. But not everyone who claimed to be followers of God was happy about it. Uh, let's go to Acts 11, and we're going to pick up there. Acts 11, uh, verse 1, tells us about what happened when Peter got back to Jerusalem. So, so soon the news reached the apostles and other believers in Judea that the Gentiles had received the word of God. 
But when Peter arrived back in Jerusalem, the Jews, the Jewish believers criticized him. You entered the home of Gentiles and even ate with them? You know, I got to get dramatic because I, I just imagine them saying things like that. You know, they were outraged. Like, I can't believe you did that. Even though they had heard that God had poured out the spirit on, on the Gentiles as well. Even though they heard these people had been baptized, they were indignant. They criticized people like, what are you doing? Now, church, you got to brace yourself. We're going to be in for some of those moments because Newark UPC is committed to reaching all. I don't want to get ahead of my message right here, but I want you to think about that. We're going to face some criticism. What are you doing at Newark? You know, Newark, we're always an odd bird anyway, and we're okay with that. Because we've committed to making Newark UPC a place for everyone to worship, where everyone is welcome. And when you make that kind of stance, you may absolutely catch some criticism from other believers, people that also should be on the same mission, people that also should have the same heart. But nonetheless, you got to stay the course. So Peter had to break it down to him, right? And after Peter explained what happened, we're going to pick up in verse 18. This is what they did. They stopped objecting and began praising God. They said, we can see that God has also given the Gentiles the privilege of repenting of their sins and receiving eternal life. And that, church, is what we need to do, right? Stop objecting, right? And start praising God for his goodness. Right, God is no respecter of persons. And so this was an example of healthy change. The Jewish believers were challenged to evaluate their biases and ideas about who should be included. And that took commitment to truth and openness to hearing from God and a mutual respect for all. Not only was God's will done, but the community of believers' lives were enriched as well. When we are rigid and fixed in our ways, uh, we not only get in God's way, but we cheat ourselves, right? We cheat ourselves out of good things and experiences that we can have with others. People are different. Even people from the same race are different. People from the same country have different cultural practices. And different doesn't have to mean wrong. I remember being a pretty rigid person at some point in my life, even, even pre-Jesus. You know, if you if it was different, it just had to be wrong. Just because, you know, somebody didn't understand. It just had to, different does not equal wrong. Not always. And so we have to, you know, come to terms with that. So scripture says that God came to bring life and to bring life more abundantly. I believe that includes a variety of, of relationships. Um, the experience that we share uh, good food and music and traditions that we hold that don't violate scripture. I mean, with others, other other cultures. When we when we do that, right? Our, our lives are 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 fuller. Our lives are more rich when we have variety. Um, I bet some of the food that Peter ate at, at uh, Cornelius's house was probably some of the best food he ever had. And I imagine uh, Peter tasting shrimp for the first time. You know, remember that sheet that was lowered down and. And God had kind of forward him arise and eat. And, you know, God was prepping him for, for this interaction with uh, Cornelius and, and, and the Gentile believers. And I imagine that if you're staying in the home, they're going to be serving things right, that you're not used to eating. And all that kosher food and whatever, you know, um, things that, that Peter was used to, I don't think they were probably serving. 
So I know shrimp is one of those things I call on the no-no list. And I can just imagine Peter tasting shrimp for the first time. You know, maybe he did a little quiver thing, or maybe he just manned up and and, and ate it. And he probably, mm, this is so good, right? That makes me think about our potlucks new work. Uh, we'll go back down memory lane for just a little bit. You know, that long spread that we have in the fellowship hall, you know, a few times a year. And, you know, that's that fried chicken. That's a great American, you know, uh, a staple, if you will. And you might get down the line a little bit and you got some enchiladas and, oh, maybe some curried chicken and, oh, some lasagna. Yummy. I want you to know those are foods from different cultures and different people. And how how boring would that be? if we didn't include other cultures, if we didn't have other people from different nationalities and backgrounds and, and then look how much we get to enjoy, look how much uh, fun we have. And just, you know, thinking back when we, when we all come together uh, and, and appreciate one another, you know, we have all different kinds of celebrations, you know, birthday parties, for, for example, you never been to a kid's birthday party and there was a pinata there and, and uh, you know, some kid wax it, and, and candy flies all over the place and the kids just, you know, dive in and scramble up all the candy. And it's fun to see that, you know, but but if you don't have any Latina friends, you might not even know what a pinata is. You might not even have the joy of seeing how much fun that is when kids do things like that. Or you ever gathered in the yard with your Jamaican friends, Mm-mm. playing some backgammon and listening to some 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 music with those steel drums kind of, you know, pinging in the background. No, good times. I'm talking about experiencing and appreciating other cultures, how much richer our lives are when we do that. You know, there was a time when churches were populated along racial and cultural lines, but those lines are blurry and they should. That was never God's will. Those lines should be blurred. God is the God of all humanity. He loves each and every one of us. And we, as a church, we have to be up for this healthy change. We need to, we need to get ready for that. And Newark has always been a place that when I say get ready, maybe I should say for Newark, for example, we need to continue in that vein. But there's other change. There's other um, cultural experiences. There's other cultural things that are coming that we might not, you know, have experienced yet. But we got to remain open to it. God is challenging us to be, to be open to his will. To, to put aside our small thinking, to put aside things that have no foundation, you know, our, our ideas about things, right? There's room for all in the congregation of God's people. Let's pray. Jesus, we thank you, Lord. God, we ask that you would open the eyes of our heart, Lord Jesus, and help us to see what you see. Help us to want what you want. Help us to put aside um, petty differences and, and biases and and, and help us, God, to embrace the goodness that you have for us. Those people that are coming, Lord, that we haven't even met yet, Lord. Those experiences that we've yet to experience, oh God. Help us to uh, expand our thinking, Lord Jesus, and, and to be inclusive and loving and caring and respectful of those ball cultures, Lord Jesus. Help us, God, to live that abundant life that you want for us, Lord. We thank you, Lord, for your goodness, Lord. We thank you for the work being done at this church, Lord Jesus. We thank you, Lord, for the work being done at others, oh God. As we learn and we grow, as you challenge us like you did the, the early church, oh God, as you send in others who are different than us, oh God, as you, well, as you open our hearts, Lord, help us, God, to follow, to be obedient to you, Lord, in Jesus' name. Amen. 
Well, that's all I've got for you tonight. Uh, we will be here tomorrow night, same time, 7 p.m. Uh, for our live Bible study. I look forward to seeing you then. Again, go to newarkupc.info should you need to know anything about us. And uh, you can contact us there and, and uh, you can even give us feedback. I know that social media is big on feedback and people you know, want to say what they think about things. But you can give us that too. We hope you be kind, but you can do that as well. God bless you and have a wonderful night. Good night.